Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Allie. And this is Jason. And Jason, you got to sit down with Pastor Craig one more time yep. about the Winning the War in Your Mind mini-series we're doing for life groups. Yes. And I think this conversation is actually my personal favorite, and you will see why. Okay, let's get right to it. Pastor Craig, thank you again for taking time to be with us on the podcast. Hey, of course. Always glad to be with you, Jason. I know it's been a really full week for you. And honestly, if you weren't busy, we'd be happy to have your time. So uh, I wanted to read real quick. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from life groups that are using this. Excellent. So glad. So this is from Braden in Overland Park. And he said, and I quote, dude, honestly, one of the best discussions we've ever had as a group. Love so, it. That's this, awesome. Braden, where'd you go? Thank you for being a part of a life group in Overland Park. Yep. So let's jump right into it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember, but last time you said yes to starting a life group with me. <laughs> okay, let's do it. With that, I'm going to skip the icebreaker. Yeah. And we're just going to get real serious right away. Okay. First question. Yep. What was your favorite magic trick to do when you were a magician? And why don't you do more magic tricks on stage? It's funny if people are wondering what you're talking about. When I was six years old... I had a magician come to a birthday party and I fell in love with doing magic tricks. I had all the little sets and yeah. such. And so I did my first professional show at the age of 12. Wow. And started getting like a lot of massive attention in a little small town of Beaumont, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> you know? And uh, started doing, you know, more and more magic shows. But it, oddly enough, I always felt so much pressure because I was a little kid doing professional shows. And so it was actually a weight in, in a strange mm. way, a little bit like, like leading the church. My favorite trick, I don't know. I think at the end I had a double combo. It's called a dove pan where you okay. act like you're making a cake and put it all in a pan and then you light it on fire and the flames go up. You put the lid on, there's a dove in it. And, and there was that one followed by putting it in. It was called there's a dove in the cake. A dove instead of a cake out of the flames. <laughs> and then you then it would go the next trick. This, this was the big finale. Would go into what's called, a, I think it was called a change box. And you'd put the dove in the top and then it opened up the front and it would not be a dove, but a rabbit. And so I liked the doves and rabbits. So uh, those were probably my two favorites because the kids would go crazy. I had no idea it was so intense. That's awesome. Okay. So let's actually seriously get into some questions. Yeah. So I talked with a few people who knew what you're teaching about this week and had heard the message. And I just asked them, what are your questions? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read a couple of the questions. Great. We'll move through them pretty quickly. And just see see what your thoughts are. So the first one is, how do I know how much prayer, like in response to worry, mm -hmm. is the right amount? Well, it's a good question. I, you know, I would say uh, it's a little bit like in leading the church years ago. Lyle Schaller was the greatest consultant in the church mm -hmm. world. Brilliant guy's in heaven now. And I said, how many staff members should we have for the size of the church? Yeah. What's the right ratio? And, yeah. and he said, oh, such a good question. He said. The right answer is whatever you need to lead the church. <laughs> I remember being That's so frustrated good. by that because he's like, I'm not going to give you a percentage or ratio. The right answer is whatever you need. And That's so I good. think I'll, I'll frustrate whoever asked that question with a similar answer. And I think it would be whatever you need to yeah. feel like you've given it to God. And for somebody, it might be a one-sentence prayer and you've done it. For others who have a different personality or are at a different place might want to pray for a long time because mm -hmm. they find 
that builds their faith or comfort in the presence of God. And so I'd say the answer is going to be whatever you need or feel like adequately takes it off of you and puts it into the care and hands of God. That's a good uh, connection to the next question. So I actually got several similar to this question, Mm -hmm. but the question is basically if I'm praying and I'm meditating on God's truth, but I'm still worried and I'm still anxious, does that mean there's something wrong with my faith? And like, what else should I do? Yeah, I, I would say the answer is yes or no. There's sometimes when we just, and I don't want to ever say there's something wrong with your faith, but maybe maybe you're growing in an area, meaning we're yeah. learning to trust God. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean there's something wrong with your faith. It might mean that there's something that there's something God is still developing in mm. you. And so I'd say, yes, I think that we can all grow to have more faith. Interestingly enough is how do we build our faith? One thing is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I like mm. to listen to the YouVersion Bible up. If faith comes by hearing, I want to hear the word. So, right. so I read and I listen, and then praying tends to build your faith because when you're praying to an invisible God, it takes faith to do that. And then the no, meaning sometimes they're just other issues that you have, mm. meaning sometimes this person can have a chemical imbalance right. that would impact them. Right. Sometimes it could be that you haven't slept a whole lot or your diet's off and, and whatever. So what I like to do is is approach it holistically. And if for me, I, I don't tend to think, well, there's this, there's the physical part of your life and there's the mental part of your life and there's a spiritual part of your life. To me, it's all spiritual. Right. And so it's if I told you, that physically you might need to rest more, sleep more, have some supplements, have you know, level out your your hormones or something. That's spiritual because God created you, and yeah. so that's not a cop out. It's not a, it's not an unspiritual answer. It's a spiritual answer. It's all spiritual, and all that stuff matters. I think the biggest thing I'd say is if you're still worrying, don't let your spiritual enemy heap condemnation on you. Don't mm. if you got one problem, which is I'm still worrying. Don't let it be two, which is worry and guilt. Let's just keep <laughs> let's just keep it at worry. That's good. And then let's work on that. And let's all acknowledge that at, at every season, all of us we're going to have some battle with this type of stuff. Yeah, it's not unusual. It's not something to feel guilty about. It's the fact that we're still trapped in this sinful body, which continues to give us a problem. Yeah. And so don't don't let one problem become two. Don't receive condemnation for it. Let's just continue to, to figure out how do we take this to God mm-hmm. and then grow through it. Or or if it's not just that we need to develop spiritually, let's look holistically at right. all of our life and see if there's something else that's contributing to that anxiety. I'm glad you said that because it kind of answers the next question, which was someone else sharing, like, sometimes they feel bad about needing therapy or medication, but you're saying, look at it holistically, get the help that you need. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. I'm real cautious and hesitant to talk a lot about how to treat things with medicine because that's outside my field of expertise. But what I do know is that God created doctors and God created medicine and there's natural resources that help us get yep. better, eat your vegetables. Yep. <laughs> and there's also created resources out of natural things that help us get better. Yep. If you have a headache, a Tylenol or a yep. whatever your brand is tends to yep. generally work. And so, yes, I, I would say there's no shame in treating something with therapy, counseling, medicine with good advice from the right trusted doctor. Yeah, I've talked about quite a bit too. I've been in probably two years of counseling, and I'm not going much right now, probably talked to my counselor twice in the last five months, but only because I've been applying what I've been learning. 
And so, you know, if a pro athlete needs a coach, I think a pastor needs someone else who pours into them. And that, yep. I think a mom would need the same thing. And a 17-year-old might want good voices speaking in their yep. lives. And a business leader might want some wisdom too. So I'd, I'd find no shame ever in getting help from godly people, from professionals, life group. That's what we're doing right now. We're helping, right. we're bearing each other's burdens. and we're. I'm glad you confirmed that we're in a life group. Yeah, we are right now. <laughs> this is ours together. You, me, and Audra over there reporting this. <laughs> Wherever two or three are gathered, we got, we've, got a, we've got a quorum. So we had a few people actually who had questions about what role does the Holy Spirit play yes. when we pray? You mentioned the Spirit. What role does the Spirit play? Well, that's a really, really good question, and there's, there's a lot of depth to it. So what does the Holy Spirit do? First of all, I like to just say the Holy Spirit's a person. It's, it's mm-hmm. not an it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he is mm-hmm. the Spirit presence of God. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit presence of God does a lot. He convicts us of our sins. He'll correct us. He'll comfort us. He'll guide us. He'll direct us. The Holy Spirit does a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And so in prayer, we can listen for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God can direct us what to pray. And then it's pretty powerful that Scripture says that the Holy Spirit's actually praying for us. Mm-hmm. He makes intercessions for us and groans and utterances that we don't even understand. And so mm-hmm. as a whole, we could chase a bunch of theological rabbits about what that means and, yeah. and, and can do that in the right time. But the Holy Spirit's powerful. If you're in Christ, if you've turned from your sins and He dwells within you, the same Spirit, Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is, is alive Come inside on. of you, and so that means you have access to God, and you can you can speak to Him, you can hear from Him, and the Holy Spirit is really really active if you learn to kind of recognize His promptings, His correction, His comfort, His His goodness. If you kind of think, I wonder if there's a Holy Spirit, chances are it might be. Yeah. Meaning, I don't think there's a lot of times when the devil corrects you from sin or yeah. the devil comforts you. Yeah. So the devil gives you wisdom. And so if you think there's something good happening and, and maybe is that the Spirit of God, it probably is the Spirit of God. Yeah. And so you just go with that and say, I think that what I kind of like to advise people to do is not to speak in complete absolutes. Like yeah. God told me, God said, right. God told me, God said. That doesn't leave much wiggle room. What I know is I'm not perfect. And so I think God is directing me. I like to say yeah. that I believe God is his leading me. And then every now and then you just know that you know that you know. If you kind of have spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears, spiritual awareness, you'll recognize the Holy Spirit's probably much more active than you would ever know if you're not looking for him. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yeah. He's here with us right now. Yes, he is. Yeah. He might be directing your next question <laughs> and hopefully directing my next answer. Right? <laughs> I feel like you're getting in my space a little bit because I have a little question that's mm-hmm. like, I might ask you and I might not. He already told me what you're going to ask me next. So <laughs> I'm just joking. Totally, totally joking. Okay, so this yeah. isn't that question, okay. but in your message, you said something really quickly, and it was just like, oh my goodness, that sounds like a big deal. You said, we can boldly go before the throne yes. of grace. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's what does a big that deal, mean? Right. Yeah. Well, the author to the Hebrews said that, and I, and I like the words that it's boldly, it's not like timidly, right? right. But with, with full confidence. And the throne of grace, if you can imagine, I mean, just the majestic texture of that language is, you know, a throne. And when I think of a heavenly throne, it's kind of like bigger than the one I see in movies. And who sits on the throne? Well, king sits on the throne. And uh, what's this throne called? It's called the throne of grace. Mm. 
And I think symbolically that means we actually don't deserve to be in front of the throne, mm. but by the grace of God, we can be there. And so if you're in front of a king on a throne, you'll probably kneel. Mm. But because we're a part of the king's family, we're adopted into his family as sons and daughters of God, we can come boldly before yeah. the throne of grace. In the, in the same way, we're in an office right now at Life Church. Most staff members probably wouldn't barge in the door right, right. now and run up and sit in my lap. It'd be weird, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but if it was my one of my children or my grandkid, they might just yeah. not even recognize we're recording. They might see me through the glass door and they yep. might throw open the door and run and sit in my lap. Why? Because we're family. Yeah. And they can do that, right? Because yeah. they're, they're family. And so it, it's a kind of stretching the metaphor a little bit. No, but, I see it boldly before he's, the You know, not only is he, he's our king, but he's our father he's yeah. our, and our heavenly father. And so we can we can come before him, crying out, Abba, Father, yeah. and go boldly and say, you, you have a right to be here. You're my I dad. I feel like that's a lot of reason right there to worry less. That's a lot of reason to worry less, yes. <laughs> I feel like you got in my space a little bit when you said the thing about the Holy Spirit might lead you to ask, yeah. ask the next question. Okay. Go for it. So... Last time I asked you a question that I thought might be hard for you to answer, you actually, it was easy. I think you made it easy. This one's hard for me to ask. Okay. Okay. So this is personal for me. Mm -hmm. This last year took my whole faith theology, put it in a blender with some other, mm -hmm. you know, everything that happened this year. And I found myself praying prayers that were about my own faith, mm -hmm. you know? So I wasn't praying, God, help me to worry less, mm -hmm. but... I was worried about my faith. Mm -hmm. What might happen if I continue to ask these questions or dig into this doubt or mm -hmm. ask my pastor this question, whatever. Sure. What do you do when your worries are about your faith? How does that change your prayer? Or maybe it doesn't. Like, have you been there? What should you do when you're worried about your faith? Yeah. Well, I love what you did, Jason, is that you you went to God. And, and what I love is that like, God can handle that. And we don't have to be afraid to take that to him. And so, again, I always try to think about what is it like? Uh, it's a, a, a parent-child relationship. It's a father to son and daughter. Mm. And if I had a child doubting our relationship, what would I want? I'd want him or her to ask me questions. I'd want them to, to stay close and talk about it. And so I would say that if you don't occasionally have some times like that, you might not be living with both eyes open and it's a part of life and ebbs and flows based on what's going on around you. Some people have what I'd call like a simple faith that a few people I admire, like the Bible says that I believe and that settles it. And that, yeah. that's all they need. And, and if that's where someone is, you know, more power to you, like live that, believe it. But in this broken sin-filled world, there's so many things that to our natural limited mind, they're hard to reconcile, Right. right? There's so many injustices. There's so many things that that was a good person and I don't know why that happened and we prayed and it didn't happen and yeah. we tried and it didn't happen and we care and they got hurt and why. Yeah. So if you've lived long enough, you'll probably come across some things like that. And those things don't mean you've lost your faith. In, in many ways, those are the things that strengthen your faith. Mm. It's a little bit to me like the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego statement that when they're kind of looking ahead going, we're not going to bow down and worship this, yeah. these false gods. So. I believe God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, they get to the place where they say, I still believe. Hmm. What I want in my faith is it takes the trials, it takes the doubts, it takes hmm. the disappointments, in many ways, to strengthen and to prove my faith. If I never have a question, 
then my faith has been untested. Hmm. And the question doesn't necessarily mean you have weak faith. In many ways, the question might mean you're honest, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and God can handle your, your honesty. So I would just say, you don't have to deny the questions. You don't have to pretend like they're not there. You don't have to ever feel like God can't handle it. He can. Read the, read the book of Habakkuk yeah. and see wrestling in agony with God. Where are you? Why do the righteous suffer? Why are the wicked blessed? And mm-hmm. watch, watch the prophet go from honest, sincere doubts and like just in, live in them for a while and come out on the other side better. Mm. And I believe what you've done in the past year, I believe on the other side, on the other side of your honest questions, your faith will probably be different. Yeah. And, and I'm believing it will probably be stronger. Thank you. Thank you for pastoring us this week. Thank you for pastoring me just now. We did a little research when we were developing this podcast, yeah. and we found out that when people listen to a podcast, their brain thinks that they are in the conversation, mm-hmm. which is great, right? You listen, you learn. But also it's not good because you're not here with us. You're not in person. So you're reminding them right now, you're not really here. I'm reminding them. <laughs> And I want them to have this conversation yeah. with a real person. Right. So when they do, when they get together with life group or their friends or the family, what's a question that you might want them to ask and talk about together? Yeah, you know, I think based on this week's message, I would probably ask, what is the biggest something hmm. that you t- tend to hold on to and haven't surrendered to God? Uh-huh. Is it you know a relationship? Is it a certain fear? Is it a burden? Is it is it the future? Is it trust in of God's goodness for a child? Is it financial provision? Is it a health worry? Is it the future state of the world? What is your yeah. what is your biggest the weight, the burden, the fear that you've not yet surrendered to God? And then what I would do is I would probably ask a follow up question, which is why are you struggling to surrender that? (laughs) And I think if you get into the why, that could be really interesting. That's what my counselor tries to do is he tries to go one level deeper and one level deeper and one level, he makes me so fresh, like enough already. Okay, (laughs) I'm sick of going deeper. But why do you think you're struggling to surrender that? And that could be pretty powerful. then you start praying about that and you might see some significant spiritual growth. That's great. So since we've talked a lot about prayer, would you just pray us out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God, thank you for every person that's listening. And and even though they're not in the room, I really believe they are part of this conversation. And I, I pray for life group leaders that you give them just a reflection of your heart to shepherd people well. And um, we thank you for your word that, that anchors us and your spirit that guides us. And we pray for life groups this week that they'd be full of honesty and full of your presence and that we know that whenever there's honesty in your presence that we, we find healing we find grace and we find you working and renewing our minds so do that god with your truth may our, our minds be renewed by the truth that sets us free bless every person who is a part of your church to be the church in the world shining the light of jesus and so we thank you for this conversation and we thank you for the body of christ corporately and individually may every person be blessed to walk even more intimately with you and strengthen us as we walk together, glorifying you, God, in all we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Allie, I'm sitting there looking at my list of questions in the middle of the interview, and I have this one that I kind of wrote to maybe use, but it's sort of personal, and so I decided I'm not going to use it. And then Pastor Craig looks at me in the eye, and he's like, 
For instance, the Holy Spirit might be helping you pick your next question right now. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. What? So I took that as a cue that I needed to be vulnerable and ask the question anyway. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did. And I love what Pastor Craig said earlier about how worry and even doubt are probably signs that God is working and growing you. And I thought that it was a really good reminder that if you find yourself praying and still feeling anxious or worried, Mm -hmm. God also gave us resources like exercise, counseling, and doctors to help. And it's okay and normal to pray and focus on exercise, to pray and go to counseling, to pray and talk to other people in your life when you're struggling. Yes. And Pastor Craig gave us another great question for conversation with our life groups and our friends and our family this week. So when you're talking about it, ask this question. What's something that you're worried about that you're having a hard time trusting God with? And why do you think it's so hard to trust him with it? you've enjoyed this special mini-series from Pastor Craig based on his book and message series, Winning the War in Your Mind. If you haven't yet, you'll want to make sure you grab a copy of the book because I really think it could be one of your favorite things that you read all year. We will link to the book, the series, the Bible plan, and more in the conversation guide. Plus, we'll give you lots of questions and next steps. You can find the conversation guide in the show notes wherever you're listening. And we'll be back for season four of the podcast in just a few weeks. So make sure that you never miss an episode by subscribing at www.life.church.yhis. Have a great week.